fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile And welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, who are paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy excellence. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones, with me as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. And we are wrapping up the bulk of what has been a pretty exciting week, too. We've actually got one game still going on, Seahawks and Titans. Last I pulled away from the TV, had just gone into overtime on the back of a pretty amazing performance by a guy we're going to talk about shortly. Um, how you doing, Wolf? Oh, it's a much better week two than it's been a week one. That's for sure. Mike Evans making that a whole lot better for me. Still a lot of action to go. Need Aaron Rodgers to grow his spine on Monday night, but loving the action so far. Wild day in pretty good shape in four out of five leagues. So loving that. How about you, Nat? What are you looking at? Uh, the, the Dynasty Rotor Street Journal League, that uh, came down to earth. I, I'm about where I expected. I think I'm probably going to lose by 30 or 40. Uh, mm-hmm. But my hometown league, I absolutely lit up the guy I'm Love playing it. and just, yeah, just destroyed him. And that was even with some real dud performances in my lineup. I had Antonio Brown, who I oh, really yeah. I really believed in and did absolutely nothing. And Tyler Higby did not do me any favors. But, man, I had some guys blow up. Yeah. Well, why don't we get into some of those blow ups, some of those studs? As always, we recap the uh, all the action here. We're getting to the studs of the week, studs of the week, some important stat lines, your waiver wire guys to look for early on, and then your injuries. I'll, of course, have a more deep, in-depth risers, followers tomorrow, more in-depth waiver wires on Tuesday. But this is the rapid reaction where we get you going, get the juices flowing on this excellent Sunday. All right, uh, we're going to start off stud of the week nominations. Christian McCaffrey, I think I'm just going to make it a tradition that we start with him no matter what because we're going to be able to bank on, you know, exactly. 20, 25, 27 point game. You know, a, a, another pretty unspectacular 25 point PPR day, 72 yards on the ground and a touchdown, five catches for 65 yards. Ho hum, 25 yards. I mean, it's like, I, I think there's one running back who outscored him, and that's exactly. what we're going to talk about later. And he could have had two, two more touchdowns. Like, he got stuffed at the one just a few times. So that's it's again, this is his floor. 25 point floor. It's unbelievable. Cooper Cup, though, another stud of the week nomination. Nine catches, 163 and two TDs. Holy crap, you're right. This guy is Stafford's favorite, and it does count for a lot right now. That rapport <laughs> is very real. The like, you know, them getting lunch together, all those stories that you were like, it's true. It made a big difference. This guy is clearly playing ahead of Robert Woods and definitely one of the best receivers, top probably seven receiver moving forward in fantasy. I think minimum. I really do. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to look at the list, but man, there's not that many guys I'd rather have than him right now in fantasy. Um, Kyler Murray. We're used to to seeing this guy. He was our stud of the week last last week. He's not going to be this week, but man, I mean, it's not for any lack of effort, 400 yards and four touchdowns. Unbelievable effort. Yeah. I mean, the guy every single week, he's going to be a cheat code. As is probably Tom Brady. I think that team is going to be going for records. Five touchdowns from Tom Zimmer Brady, the ageless wonder. Just gets it done week in, week out. What an aerial show. I'm telling you, he knows he's only going to have one to two of these 18-game seasons, or well, 17 games for the regular, for what they're playing. He's going to put up records. He's going for records. He wants to leave his legacy, and I absolutely love it. And last but not least, because we don't know what this guy's stat line is actually going to end at. It might end here. It might not. Uh, Derek Henry who at halftime in our shared Google Doc, I had written down, 
at halftime. I, he was in duds of the week with a question mark, and I did write next to him, <laughs> well, right. there is another half to go. I think he had like nine yards at halftime. Anyway, when uh, we started this thing, he had 161 yards and three touchdowns. So um, uh, he's <sighs> my guy. He might yeah. not be looking great, but he is just churning down defenses until he pulverizes them into dust. My brother was like, he looks like a blob this year. Is he going to be the biggest bust? Ah, well, let's rethink that one, Al Boy. Uh, not, not quite the blob right now. Derrick Henry, damn. I, I think he's got to be the winner. and He might even add to his totals as we're going here. I think the clear winner of start of the week right now is Derrick Henry, especially after last week, too, like rebounding this way. Big stuff, big time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our duds of the week. Absolutely. Uh, Before we do. Thumbs yeah, up. Give us a like. Uh, help us get out to more people. And of course, if you have questions, one guy we might get some questions on, and I know we want to cover all the news. There's really only one story to make sure we cover, and that's Marquise Brown is active for week two against the Chiefs. I think you get a back in lineups if you're waiting out for him at this point. Six catches, 69 yards, and a TD. They're going to need points. They're going to need this guy to do some damage. So I like Marquise Brown in my lineups if you've been waiting him out this far. Uh, go for that. Get him in there. Roll the dice. All right. Let's talk some duds. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. Now this was a guy when we, when you were doing your rankings, when we did our wide receiver show, this was the guy that I told you I had the most beef with you having as high as you did. And you did acknowledge when I said that, that he was a little high and you adjusted. I understand the hype. And at the same time, I didn't understand the hype. I just yeah. don't, I don't believe in Jacksonville in any way. As good of a talent as this guy is, his line for the day was two catches for negative three yards. Yeah, and clearly outshined by Marvin Jones. Like It was yeah. thought that LaVisca was going to take over that Percy Harvin hybrid role, and maybe he is playing that role, but it's certainly not the overwhelming target magnet it used to be at college with Percy Harvin, with Curtis Samuel. That just doesn't doesn't work in this offense right now at the NFL level. And so it's fortunate it's, uh, that, that he's come to this. But, yeah, LaVisca Chanel is versatile as he is, his big body as he is. Just doesn't have the speed to thrive in this offense, and he hasn't gone too far because well, you, you got a panic meter reading for him? I would I would put him at like a nice seven in terms of yeah. ability, right? Like I, I, you know, the injuries around him happen, but there's just going to be such an up and down attack, and I, I don't believe in the Jags at all, like you said. So I'd put it like a seven eight. Like I don't know what I'm going to be able to trust this guy enough to put him in my lineup. Here's a guy that you threw on the list, George Kittle. Now I heard nothing in the preseason. I was listening to Sal Palantonio break down the game, and he was just basically like. Where they're going to get their yards is from Kittle because the Eagles are going to be willing to give up those across the middle routes. So I was like, oh, man, I wish I had Kittle, but I, I, I don't. But it didn't really happen, huh? Nope, nope. Four catches, 17 yards. It, this is a blown third-round pick, it's seeming like, at this point. Awful. It's going to be inconsistent. They're so run-dominant, even without any of their starting running backs at this point. Like It's just a ground-centric attack, and they don't have the aerial volume to sustain multiple weapons. And this is without – what's scary about Kittle is Ayuk's not even a thing yet. Ayuk's not doing anything right now, and Kittle still isn't thriving. What? It's all Debo Samuel. We're going to talk about him in important stat lines. But, man, this is, this is scary. This is absolutely scary for George Kittle. Another big dud I saw, uh, both Cowboys, Dak Prescott, 237 yards and a pick in a – pure shootout narrative. It should have been back and forth points, especially after last Thursday. Very disappointing to see him uh, dialed back 237 again. Nothing special. And then power that, Amari Cooper, three for 24, that clear-cut alpha, the guy that was we were all overlooking, the Devontae Adams and Mike McCarthy's offense, just goes and disappears. So that's very concerning. I, I thought this offense was just going to be a juggernaut week in and week out. Very concerning performance from those two Cowboys. 
And Antonio Brown, a guy that I, you yes. know, and all the flex questions I asked beforehand, I asked you, I remember as you and CJ on your show, T Higgins or Mike Williams. Uh, you said Higgins. He said Williams. I went with Williams. They both had good games. Okay. Williams had a slightly better game, but I didn't even bring up Brown, who was also one of those guys. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely putting him in. I mean, right. I mean, Higgins over Brown would have been a great choice. Brown had one catch for 17 yards. Uh, def- definitely worthy of being on the dead list. Yeah, 100% well worth it. But I think the winner, especially relative to expectations, Alvin Kamara, eight carries, yeah. five yards, four catches, 25, so a 30-yard day for this guy on only 12 touches. This was the number one running back in fantasy last year. What has happened? It's terrifying performance. Uh, and Taysom Hill started to mix in a little bit more and more, and James Winston also just had a very bad day. We'll talk about his bad performance in a little bit. That's all very concerning for Kamara moving forward. It's like no longer a clear-cut top five back by any means. Uh, you have to adjust for that. It's very scary performance, in my opinion. And he's probably the dud of the week. Well, today. Clear winner, dud of the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, Let's get into the stats. Let's just okay. run through them. And whether they're good, they're bad, we'll, we'll read the stat line, we react, and we just move through them. You ready? I'm ready. Go ahead. Start us well, off. I'll start with Corey Davis. We'll start with the bat. Let's get that out of the way. Two, two catches, eight yards, a week after being an alpha, the target hog, everybody ripping me to shreds because I said Elijah Moore might be able to take him over. Well, here's your Corey Davis. Is this your king? Is this who you want? Two for fucking eight yards? Good job, guys. Pump for you. <laughs> Jameis Winston, fresh off his five-touchdown day last week. Uh, he got right around the same number of yards, except this time he didn't get any touchdowns. Two <laughs> picks. 11 out of 22 for 111 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, uh, including one I saw him just throw up. It was it was a vintage Jameis interception. So, anyway, that was pretty terrible. It was a bad game all around. They had 128 yards of total exactly. offense. The lowest in the Sean Payton era, the lowest since 1996. Just abysmal performance. And that you, you got to imagine Taysom Hill's number could get called upon soon. Not to be outdone, Zach Wilson, a few more yards, 210, also scoreless, four interceptions. Real bad. Looked like he had like the potential to blow up this year. Not, not, well, not blow up. I guess that's a very so, – but like as a late-round QB, might have some upside, that live arm. But too up and down, too nerve-wracking. They go to Denver next week. Like, if you were stashing him to see, no need anymore. No need to see him anymore. Let's get yeah. something positive now. Give me something good. Debo Samuel, six of eight targets for 93 yards. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, there's been better stat lines than this. I feel like the significant thing here is that we thought this was like, oh, would you rather have Brandon Ayuk or would you rather have Debo Samuel? And well, before both, we, right? Always, we, no matter what. We know the answer to that question. And we're, I mean, I don't know if we're bringing up Ayuk later, but I'm, I'm just going to jump the shark and do it anyway. He had, remember, he had zero catches yeah. on zero targets last week. Oh, I remember. Well, one catch for six yards. This oh, God, so, hey, the, the, on the board, he's here. He's arrived to the season. Right. No, but but, but this was supposed to be a positive stat thing, and I'm talking about Debo, and he's the clear guy. Absolutely. Eight and eight targets, again, over Kittle, over Ayuk. And what's crazy about the last thing to add about him is it's air yards, too. It's not just behind the line of scrimmage, go run after the catch. He's, I think, at like about 70% of the team's total air yards right now. So he's actually going deep far more. Uh, probably a, a low-end receiver one at this point, as long as he's healthy. That's always the concern with him, but looking like a potential wide receiver one for the season. I thought James White was a notable stat performance, and we said this. He was my my running back of the week, I, I, a Hail Mary potential. Loved it. I was much higher on him because I thought Harris was going to be bad. He actually – we'll talk about him in a sec, but still, White, five carries, 20 yards, a TD, also gets in on the uh, six catches, 45 yards in the air. I think the touchdowns, those are going to come – 
not too with much regularity, but the receiving involvement, the just a, the sure-handedness, the dependable guy. He was in there, I'd say, for over half the snaps. I, I can't wait to see those snap totals. But very nice performance. 12 catches on 13 targets for two games on a team that's running more plays than they did last year. Really like what I see from James White, a usable flex moving forward. Cortland Sutton, nine catches, 159 yards. Worth noting that while Judy was in the game before the injury last week, uh, Sutton had done very little, like was not lighting the world on fire. But now that he seems to be the guy by default, he really seems to be the guy. (laughs) What a great stat line, huh? Absolutely. Clear alpha, showed he could do it all. And and most importantly, a lot of people speculating he wasn't going to have good chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. Well, Turns out he could be a go-to guy for Teddy Bridgewater. Judy was probably going to be the guy, but it's clear Sutton has now inherited that role, at least for as long as Judy's out. And I have a hard time imagining Judy just steps right in and like takes the throne of a guy putting up these types of stats. Amazing stuff. Another receiver reemerging in his alpha nature. Mike Evans, nine targets, five catches. We talked about Antonio Brown as a dud of the week. Well, Mike Evans could have threatened for start of the week. Only 75 yards, but two scores. Looking like a beast at the goal line. That's that's how Brady just – it's unstoppable. It reminds you of Randy Moss when he was there. That's just a big body. You can't really guard with Brady's pinpoint accuracy. Love this game for Mike Evans. Another big body, big receiver. Got named Mike, actually. Mike Williams with another big game. Seven catches for 91 yards. He was targeted a lot and also had a touchdown. Uh, he had two big catches get called back because of uh, – penalties on other guys he is there definitely looking for him or herbert is definitely looking for him uh down the field in big situations and i mean he's such a big target absolutely we talked about that the the x receiver in the lombardi role we've now seen it for two games i think we can just say this is a thing it's really true it was not a fluke week one and that's important i mean he has top dare i say 15 receiver upside but at least top 20 upside moving forward big blow up performance here from Michael Pittman, seeing 12 targets, an absolute alpha target hog role. You know, Paris Campbell was out. I don't think that was what influenced this. And what ha- was most notable about this, you know, eight catches, 123 yards, monster day, but also against the Rams, the, a defense that Allen Robinson couldn't get open against. This guy was getting open at will, and Wentz was locked into him. Now, we don't know what Wentz's health is. We're going to get to the injuries a little bit later. He did get crumbled at one point. Uh, but ultimately, very, very encouraging for Pittman, who showed I can be your number one. I can be the clear hawk in this offense. Brandon Cooks targeted 14 times, caught nine of them, 78 yards, and a touchdown in Houston's week two loss to Cleveland. I mean, they didn't look terrible in this loss, and Cooks is a real weapon. He really is. And I, I, it's what you just said, Houston doesn't look bad. They look bad enough that they're going to have to throw. They're going to have to continue to put up stats. But Cooks is the only guy they have, and he just continues to get it done. It does not matter. He is QB-proof. We were worried that he's only had the, the beautiful QB treatment his whole career. Well, now he's getting it done with Tyron Taylor, and he's getting it done at a very high level. The guy is very legit. He's believable. And Mike Marvin Jones, you know, we talked about Visca going down, but this guy, two weeks in a row, the clear number one target in all the, the, the scramble situations, the guy that Trevor uh, Lawrence is locking into in the pockets breaking down, 11 targets, really only turned it into 55 yards and a touchdown and, and six catches. So not the most efficient performance, but just more so the way that Trevor Lawrence locks in on this guy when he's scrambling and, 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 and under pressure. Deontay Johnson caught nine balls after being targeted 12 times, 105 yards in the Steelers' week two loss to the Raiders. However, he (laughs) appeared to be maybe kind of badly injured on like a meaningless last-second play. They were down two scores, um, and he got hit out of bounds or whatever, and so he kind of limped off the field at the end. 
you know, if he's healthy, we've said it, and now you've seen it. The production is there. He had a very, very solid fantasy game, maybe better than solid. I, I don't know if he's going to be around next week. We'll find out. And that's important, too, for the other two guys, Juju Smith-Schuster and Claypool. Their value could see a huge boost with his target magnet. He's always – every single game he's made it through, he's seen at least 10 targets. The guy has been a monster these past two years. Uh, and then Daryl Mooney showing a lot of short you know, area bursts. We talked to those – Beat writers, Kevin Fishbane saying his route tree is expanded. Well, six of eight targets, 66 yards. So it wasn't that classic Mooney getting deep, going for a 50-yard bomb, which is still well within his repertoire. But cool, to see, very interesting, very nice to see a, a well-balanced all-around game. I like what I saw from Darnell Mooney moving forward, especially with fields potentially taking over from here. Like Mooney a lot. All right. I don't feel like this guy even belongs on this uh, great stat line list, but Damian Harris had 16 rushes for 62 yards and a touchdown. Good game. I mean, they're playing the Jets, but whatever. And I think that the reason I put him on here, why it's an important stat line, is the team didn't just go away from him. We were a little bit That's worried. Okay. That's you know, after the fumble, are they going to turn away from Damian Harris? But he had that one touchdown too, that 26-yarder. That was just a monstrous, I'm a man, you guys are boys. Yeah. Out into the end zone. It's just good to see the team stay right. committed to him, even though it was a monster, but was it not a monster performance? That's fair. Let's go to the fallers and the panic meter. We're trying to do this efficiently, folks, because we got uh, a late start. So this is going to be like the efficient East German version of the mm-hmm. uh, fantasy fullback time. <laughs> um, all right. The ballers panic meter. Let's talk about the Philadelphia receivers. And specifically, I'm oh, talking yeah. about Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith. I have a good buddy of mine who elected to start Jalen Rager over Cortland Sutton this week. Oh, um, who did that? Yeah, I, I told him he was an idiot. Yeah. Um, Rager and Smith combined for four catches for 21 yards. Wow, Just that's horrendous. A- and it shows you like a pretty frightening floor to this Eagles aerial attack. That's what happened with Jalen Hurts, who he's not on the followers list himself because his rushing upside is just so big. He still put up 21 and an abysmal effort. That's what that's why a Konami code quarterback is so important. But the receivers, very scary to see these types of bottom out floors. Saquon Barkley, only 57 yards rushing. I'm actually hammering by low right now. 84% oh. of snaps, looking like he had some good bursts in that game. I know the production wasn't that big there. But I loved everything I saw in terms of snaps, in terms of what he looked like. You get the Falcons coming up this week. Big rebound spot. I'd be hammering the buy low on Saquon. So your panic meter on him is like a two. Oh, yeah. I'm not panicked at all. In fact, okay. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Okay. The receivers, though, is pretty high for those Phillies. Yeah, if we're tossing out a panic meter, I'd give that like a six and a half. I don't think it will happen every week, but it's scary to know that floor exists. All right. Well, Marquez Callaway had two catches for eight yards. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to be real with you. Uh, my panic meter is pretty high. It should be. He looked like the clear alpha. All the reports were the clear alpha in camp, but now he doesn't have the Jair Alexander excuse. I don't know that the Panthers have a shutdown corner that was running with him, but at this point, Winston looked bad, and his number one, he's the number one or not, I don't really care. This offense is going to be this. Right. Uh, he's cut bait. He's potentially cuttable at this point. But look, they passed this season. They've passed for like 250 yards. That's total. Right. This season. Exactly. Right. Right. It's. I mean, there's guys that might have, have approached. I mean, Kyler Murray may have had that in a half somewhere along the way. Right. So anyway, yeah, my panic exactly. meter's high, and I I'm, I might be dropping him actually. I think if you, especially in a shorter league bench, there's no need that you have to hang on to Callaway. He might have some blowups here and there, but I, especially when Mike Thomas comes back to it's. He's not the guy. He's not the alpha, and it, it looked like he could have been. He's not. We can accept that. Brandon Ayuk also not an alpha. One catch no. for six yards. He's a beta. Uh, this came after Shanahan said, you know, oh, he would have been the clear guy. He hurt his hamstring. People starting to get, okay, well, I'll watch him come back this week, right? He'll have a, a good role. Nope. 
one catch, six yards, still in a timeshare, still not looking very, very normal. I, no, he, he's probably the biggest single faller of the 2021 season so far. Not probably. He is. He is. Yeah. Allen Robinson was targeted four times. He caught two of them, 24 yards. He did get a touchdown, but I mean, whatever. I saw a stat before, or not a stat, but a graphic before this week's games where it showed his usage, like the routes that they had him run uh, in week one. I mean, this is a a legit stud receiver here. It was amazing the routes he was running. He was running nothing, like just nothing. 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 Curls. Right. Like just all five yards. It, pathetic. They're so handicapped by any dog, but it looks like they might finally turn those wheels, you know, the keys over. So I'm not my panic meter. I'm actually encouraged leaving this game by Allen Robinson because they're likely to turn it over to Justin Fields. As bad as this is, I think it is just though when you can just suppose it with like Terry McLaurin, who went 10 for like 14, 110 in TD where they were going in the same price range. I often was going A Rob. Clear mistake. Raw, you know, it was clear you should have gone McLaurin at that point. Yeah. Our bad, you know, definitely, definitely a wrong third round pick there. But Jacoby Myers was one of my favorite sleepers in like a nice, like okay, decent floor, four catches, thirty eight yards, but not not the ceiling that I think we envisioned from this Patriot slot. They're just not as good as Matt is as like a comfortable quarterback. It's not an explosive fantasy offense. It's not something you really need receiving pieces out of ever. All right, James Robinson, 11 rushes, 47 yards, three targets for 17. Uh, what a gross stat line. Such a gross stat line, but the only reason I put this on here, because it's not like enough to be like, oh, this was so bad, he was useless. It, pretty close to it. He did see 14 touches to two for Hyde. Remember last week, Hyde outtouched him, and that was just like, what the fuck? Is this going to actually continue to happen? It was good to see Robinson at least take the driver's seat, but this also shows, does it really matter if he's in the driver's seat? I don't know, probably not. Uh, and one not. more, that this is like right in the middle of the road that I put down. If there's any other stats, Nat, that you want to throw no, out there, okay. please right. let me know. Uh, but I put Woods on here. Five of nine targets, 64 yards, two carries, six yards, like an okay stat line. But why I put this on here is he is by far the second fiddle in this offense. Often was drafted ahead of Cup. And in fact, he was almost exclusively drafted ahead of Cup. But he's Cup's played 100% of the snaps through all these games. I think he might have taken one off this game. Whereas Woods has been like a 70% snap player. He's coming out more often with more regularity. That's pretty concerning. That's I not hitting a panic meter, but I think we're looking at like, instead of it being like they're both high end number twos, we got a number one clear cut alpha in cup and a three with Robin. They're not in the middle together. I agree with that assessment. So I understand why you had him. And he's a good player. Like, don't get me wrong. He's just not the guy. He's not the alpha in this group right now. (laughs) Not at all. All right, let's get, in, waivers? let's get into some waivers really quick because, like we said, we're, we're dealing with a limited time here. We want to try to be off by 820 so you guys can watch uh, Sunday Night Football, which is, by the way, my fantasy games are decided. They're over. Nice. Um, so I, I just get to watch the game. It is a That's great a nice game, feeling. too. That's a, a nice game. feeling. Yeah, it I'm, is a I'm good I'm excited feeling. for it, for sure. Well, let's hit this early waiver wire, one okay. of them being a name. I shouted out already this week, Corderell Patterson, only 13% rostered. The guy puts up 21 fantasy points. In fact, Matt, he was our Hail Mary running back player. He was. And you guys tuned in on Thursday. Uh, I said, no Kenyon Drake, no Peyton Barber. Go for Corderell Patterson. Roll the dice on this guy. And what does he do? Scores through the air, scores on the ground. He was up to 21 fantasy points the last time I checked. And as much as I want to be a braggart and say, you know, I called this because I did. I tweeted about it. I got a lot of people being like, you're an idiot. This guy wasn't good five years ago. He's not good now. Blah, 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 coming at me. I get it. 
I, I want a victory lap, but I also cut him this morning for Christian Kirk, so that kind of hurt too. Uh, but still, very, very pumped <laughs> I saw it coming. Now I'm just having to blow my load to go get this guy. I'd spend probably 25, 30 bucks in the pad to go get him. This next one I think is even bigger. Rondale Dornat. Seven, tar- seven targets. Yeah. Seven receptions. You like those numbers. 114 yards and a touchdown, and he's only owned in a third of leagues. He, I know we led off with Patterson. I wanted to lead off with a guy that's more widely available. But if Rondale Moore is available in your league, this is the guy you blow your load to go get. You you pay 70 of your fab, you, you, maybe even more. You want to go get this guy. He is a clear playmaker that is going to have a designed weekly role. It's clear. They're funneling him looks, and this is what he does with them. He's, it looks like he's only getting more comfortable and more comfortable by the touch. I'm so excited for Rondale Moore. I wish I owned him more often. What a beautiful play he's going to be over Kirk, over AJ Green. He's the number two. Oh yeah, behind yeah. only Hopkins. Henry Ruggs, another brilliant drop by me this week. Five catches on seven targets, 113 in the TD. I, I still, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but very cautiously optimistic. I, I don't know that I believe in this quite yet. It was a very good all-around game, including a nice touchdown bomb. What I do believe in is Derek Carr, 26. You were texting me during the game, and you've always loved Derek Carr, and he's only 26. Uh, that's a stretch, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> You're MVP. You're king. That one, that one year, I stand by it. And he went for four. So the last two games, 435 and two, and then against a tough a team that, you know, Josh Allen couldn't get anything against the Steelers, 382 and two. He's leading the league in passing yards right now. And it doesn't really feel fluky. He's making really good throws. Well, some of these they, uh, the the game last week, he like en- engineered like legit game tying, game winning drives where he ha- had to make like three throws in a row or else the game was over. And he, he made did. them. He yeah. delivered. Right. And his weapons aren't great, but he's still slinging it. Right. Uh Tim Patrick. Mm. Tim Patrick is a guy that I liked and maybe even could have picked up and didn't and i hate myself for it he's 22 percent owned he only caught three balls on four targets 37 yards and a touchdown but i really really like him for what i, I, absolutely I, mean, I think he's good I, I believe in him they love him too man and uh, last year contested catch rate was i think number one in pro football focus unbelievable and now he gets the jets coming up this week awful defense followed by baltimore who seems scary on paper but after losing uh mark peter they're terrible. Their secondary is awful at this point. So good matchups. While Judy is out here, he's going to have a clear role. Like Sutton, if, as we discussed earlier, the clear alpha. But Patrick, a very, very good number two. Yep. A, a excellent number two. Madison was just down here. Like Cook, we'll talk about injuries. It didn't look like anything ultimately big happened. But there was multiple scares throughout this game where you're like, oh, God, Cook's done. Season's over right. for him. And he got back in. He got there. But when you see that, and you always rush and look, is Madison on my waiver wire? And he's out there in 32, you know, only 32% owned right now. So just a reminder of his fragility, a guy that should probably be rostered everywhere uh, after seeing some of these warning signs. Last but not least, Kenneth Gainwell, 36% owned. We were talking about him last week. Six rushes for 14 yards and the Eagles' week two loss to the Niners. He added two catches for 18 yards. He also had a two-point conversion. Um, Boston Scott did not see a touch for the second straight game, so that's why Gainwell still holds this appeal. Uh, you know, he's not a super flashy pickup, but he's not a bad guy to roster if you got the room. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree. I'm excited to see the comments. I, did, did, did the game end yet? Do we have a winner? Yeah, the Titans won by a field goal. Oh, wow. I wish it was a little more exciting than that. Well, let's wrap up the injuries. we got 30 comments and questions to get to before kickoff, so we'll have to rip through those pretty quickly. We already touched upon Deontay Johnson shaking up on the last play of the game. Just devastating to see. You hope he's okay because he gets shaken up a lot and then ends up coming back. 
you hope it was one of those, but it didn't look good. He had to get assisted coming off. There hasn't been any word quite yet, unless we missed it. So tell, you know, feel free to comment in if we might have missed that. But it didn't look good, and it just seemed like a blown, stupid, why were you doing this? Why was he on the field type of play? Uh, and in his wake, you know, Juju and, and Claypool would obviously get bumps, and maybe James Washington, Najee Harris will probably get a little bit more involved too if Johnson is target vacuum is to miss time. Roethlisberger made a couple terrible throws in that game, by yeah, the way. <laughs> Daryl Henderson's ribs, that's an issue. Uh, and it could be a positive issue for Sony Michelle owners. We'll see. Sony Michelle had 10 rushes for 46 yards, but he had nothing going on at all before Henderson exited the game with an injury to his ribs. Um, so he replaced Henderson, did pretty well. He had like four and a half yards of carry once he was in there. Um, although, caution. The, the Bucks are the week three opponent of the Rams. So I don't know how great the rushing game is going to be no matter what, but keep an eye on that. Henderson's looked okay. Henderson looked really good before going down. I mean, 13 carries, 53 in a TD. And as you said, staved off. Michelle, Michelle didn't touch the field until he got hurt, but this was always the rub. This is why, you know, I wanted to hate cut Michelle last week. And I'm glad I didn't because this Henderson's very injury prone. And here it is already in week two. He's going to miss some time. And Michelle Looked great. He really did. There's no way to sugarcoat it. I know I'm a biased owner, but he was ripping five yards every time he touched it, making quick cuts, looking more nimble than he's looked in years with the pass. So really good to see that. Uh, We also saw Tua leave the game, did not return, was replaced by Jacoby Brissett. I don't think there's been any final word of what happened or if he's going to return, Uh, but it it was clear. They put up zero points. Buffalo's defense, meanwhile, was the fantasy defense of the week. So if this is going to linger – not that Tua was amazing, but he at least kept this offense humming, kept it moving, put some points on the board. If it's going to be percent moving forward, whoever's facing Miami, stream that defense week in and week out. Jarvis Landry had an uh, MRI. He's going to have an MRI on Monday. He had an MCL injury. He had a terrible game. I think he had one catch for nine yards. Uh, unclear to me if that was an early in the game injury or if he was hampered by it or what, but we'll find out more uh, Monday or Tuesday what's going on with Landry. Yep, and I I don't know what happened with Gage. We don't, you know, Dalvin Cook, I tossed him on here because he kept getting in and out, and it was just a reminder of his scariness. But 49ers running back, so it seemed like it could have been a nightmare day for Elijah Mitchell. Uh, at some point, he even got dinged up, but then Hasty went down with an ankle injury after it looked like he might take over, and then Trey Sermon came in. He left one carry, got drilled, fumbled the ball, and left with a head injury, and Mitchell was back in. So Mitchell might just end up being the de facto guy yet again because injuries around him. And that's big news for his value moving forward. All right. Carson Wentz left the game. He did not return. Don't know when he's coming back. Really don't have any more information about it uh, than that, but just wanted to mention it. All righty, guys. Well, thank you again so much. Risers and Fallers show tomorrow. We go a little more in depth into some of those stats we talked about where they're going to land on my season long big board. Tuesday night, we'll go into more depth on all those waiver wire targets we talked about and then any more that might pop up between now and then or any we may have overlooked in the rush of getting live uh, during an overtime game. That's why we're late today. We're like, wait, is the over? Is over? Nope. Uh, so we had to, we got a little late start here. But thank you guys for being here. It's always a pleasure uh, to wrap up our Sunday with you guys. Enjoy the hopefully good game we got lined up here. Truth, anything last, any last words for the peeps? Um, go Chiefs. Do you like the Chiefs? I'm, I'm just sucking up to Mitch Chavez. Yeah, I do love Mitch Chavez. I can give him the Chiefs there. For sure. This will also be a podcast tomorrow for those of you that prefer audio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have about four shows a week that end up being turned into audio formats. We'll be live six times. Four of them will be podcast shows. So you guys are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I'm the Wolf. I'm the Truth. World full of fantasy sheep, guys. You're the Wolf. Later. Later.
now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Second down, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. <laughs>